Good morning. It's Aya Wimala. It's Sunday, September the 13th. We're having a beautiful day. It's sunny today. We've had about three days of rain, which we're all really grateful for and realize how many people would just about give anything to have the kind of weather we've had for three days. It's been overcast, but it's been cooler and rainy and given us all the rain we needed. And uh, we wish we could share it. So this morning, I'd like to read something uh, from the little book I've been reading, the Metta Practice from Peace and Kindness. And this is from an essay by Bhante Sumedho, who's uh, been a very important monk in the Thai tradition and uh, with Abayagiri Monastery in California and also in England, starting Western monasteries for uh, Thai forest tradition. So I'd like to begin with this because these days we need to have a stronger practice, I think, just for our daily getting through the day kind of practice. And sometimes that means we might want to have a more concrete feeling about, you know, what exactly is our spiritual practice, what's important to us, what would we like to have on a daily basis that we're practicing that helps us see the difference in each day, because we're going through really difficult times. And... Uh, this book has so many jewels in it, and it's just a tiny little, what, 63-page 60, book, and I'm finding so much in it that I think is, even though it was written in 1990, there's so much that's just perfect for today. So this is, an, this is a, there's four monks who contributed to it, so before we do practice, I want to read a little bit, and this is from an article by Ajahn Sumedho called Reflections on Metta. As a spiritually developing being, one has to really contemplate in one's own life how to develop the right relationship with people. with one's parents and relatives, friends, and with society. This includes the willingness to forgive any wrongs done, the willingness to completely let go, even though emotionally these things might still be painful, we accept the pain. With the heart now, we're willing to suffer, accept this unpleasant feeling in the heart. We learn how to bear with that, how to even welcome it, so it's no longer something that we dread or resent, but something that we really accept and embrace. So then, on the conventional level of mother and father, husband, wife, children, friends, enemies, all this, we practice metta. We can radiate this quite intentionally in the sense of actually sitting and concentrating at the heart to radiate outwards goodwill, good thoughts. This isn't clinical Buddhism. This is a practice, a devotional practice, from the heart rather than from the intellect. 
but we need both. One doesn't cancel out the other. Sometimes in religion we tend to think that either it's all love or it's all wisdom. God is love, everything is love, the way is love. That's the heartfelt form of religious experience. And then the way of wisdom that can seem like impersonal, cold-hearted analysis of the mind. And we feel a sense of loss in regards to the intuitive feeling of love and compassion. But remember that we're transcending. We're not attaching to love and compassion as ends in themselves, nor to wisdom. It's the way of non-attachment so that both are valid practices. If you have just a practice of love and compassion alone, without wisdom, there's no way of understanding things just as they are. You're merely, merely developing a way of loving radiance. So when it comes to being able to explain or to fully understand the truth of the way it is, you don't know it. All you can do is practice your devotions, and that often tends towards a sliding back into superstition, rites, and rituals. If it's not combined with wisdom, it becomes merely a series of rituals and rites, and one starts feeling guilty if one isn't praying every day or radiating metta throughout the universe. All of these can become very fixed in the mind if you haven't developed wisdom to understand the nature of the mind. But then, wisdom without love, if we're just looking analytically, then we can understand everything theoretically, but on the level of feelings, we're repressed. We don't have a radiance. We just have a brilliant understanding. You can figure it all out. You can figure it all out and come out with some really impressive theories, insights even. But on the level of everyday life, we can't live in an abstract world. We have to relate to unknown things, to changing nature, the movement and flow and flux of being, to the infinite variety of the sensory world of changing conditions and types of people, and personalities, and qualities. You can't spend your, your time trying to fit everything into rational terminology, thinking that that's the way to understand. The opening of the heart allows us to be in the flow and movement, and the change to be with conditions as we perceive them. Conditions are impermanent, aren't they? They arise and cease, so that to be fully open to the arising and cessation of the conditioned world, you have to be with it, rather than trying to perceive it. Because you can perceive the beginning and the end, but most of what we are actually experiencing is beyond perception. It's just as it is. Like the perceptions we have, they arise and fix on a certain quality, a certain position. But mindfulness means that we can actually be with the changingness 
of the sensory world, sensory world, which has no perception. That's why we have to use words like suchness and as-isness to remind ourselves to be with the flow and movement rather than be than to be attached to perceptions as reality. I'll read one more paragraph. There's so much more. Now, the rational mind tends to think, well, I'm spreading metta to my mother over in California, but is she really, ben- is she really benefiting from that? If we could get some kind of electronic instrument, we could hook it up to my old mother and then, while I'm spreading metta over here at Amarawati, see if there's any visible qualitative effect upon her. The rational mind wants to measure, because if there's nothing, if she's not feeling it, then why bother? Why delude ourselves? Why pretend? The rational mind thinks in terms of quantity and quality, and if something doesn't have a quantity or quality, then it's worthless, useless. But I know this, that if I tell my mother I love her, I don't have to keep telling her, calling her on the phone three times a day. She's not a stupid person. If I say, I spread metta to you every day, I send goodwill to you every day, I know that makes her feel happy. I see it in her face when I visit her, and I don't have to have a special instrument to measure it. It's just good sense, isn't it? Mothers like to be told that they're loved. I like to be told I'm loved, and I'm not even a mother. So when I'm sending goodwill every morning to my mother in California and wonder if she's really feeling it, that doesn't matter, does it? That's just the desire to have a result and to know for sure that something about something. It's not the quality of faith, which is sadha, and trust. To me, it's a lot better use of time to send metta to my mother or to other beings than to sit around thinking of myself, to spend all the time just thinking about me and worrying about this or that. That really is the way towards depression and despair. And yet we might think it's worth spending the whole day thinking about ourselves rather than radiating metta because we find ourselves probably more significant than anyone else. I'm not going to read any further today because this is an explanation of metta and it's beautiful. So I will read more about how we develop through metta and how we begin. So I think that's wonderful to think about these days rather than sitting around thinking about ourselves all the time. When we send metta, it's a good way to spend our time, right? It's not It's not just a... It can be a devotional practice that helps us make it through a tough time. And if you're resistant to devotional practice, which many of us are, including myself, um, when we think about it in the sense of what it's doing for us, so if we, pract- if we have a devotional practice that we do each day, which might be sending metta, it might be lighting a candle for your loved ones or people you know who are sick, 
I like to put a picture of someone uh, by my Buddha statue so I'm reminded of them if they're ill or if uh, or something that reminds me of them if I don't have a picture. But if we send metta every day, that can be a devotional practice. But what it's doing is helping us get beyond ourselves, to get outside of ourselves and to be sending our thoughts to others. And these days we can practice doing that with compassion all the time, right? With there's so many people. All you have to do is see pictures from California and all along the West Coast, the West Coast, to see uh, to see the devastation and imagine what people are going through, families are going through, people who are sick are going through. So many people in our country, and we're, we've been so safe from this in the past, unlike lots of other parts of the world, so many people are having to evacuate entire cities and realizing that there may not be anything when, they, when they're free to come back. So if we think of that, if we want to, we can think of that as a devotional practice to send metta every day, to send compassion every day. It's also a very practical way for us to, to learn how to be thinking of others beyond ourselves, to learn how to put our practice into action. So it's not just something we've read about, but it's something that we're experiencing day to day and moment to moment. So remember, we can practice metta uh, all the time, driving a car, walking, shopping in the grocery store, and we can do the same with compassion. And that if you're having a hard time, if it's hard for you, um, if, the, if, the, if anxiety or worry or just the stress of this worldwide situation that we're part of, uh, one of the best antidotes for it, I know, is to get outside of ourselves, be sending our heartfelt good thoughts and wishes out to others, and be, be sending them with compassion. There can be things that you can do there may be things that you can, uh, people you can focus on and just just for yourself but also for their benefit. Just concentrate your thoughts on wishing them well and uh, let it become part of your day so you look forward to it. So that's we have to keep going and we have to find ways to make our practice be alive and working with our hearts and our minds and connecting with the with the world beyond ourselves is a beautiful way to do that. So thank you for being with me and I'd like to, because it's so beautiful and goes with the talk, I'd like to do the metta practice again. So the more the more I can read it and sit with you with it, uh, the more I can the more I can Make it become, you know, part of uh, something that I can abide with. So that's why I thank you so much every time. This is a guided meditation on loving kindness, and it's from the uh, booklet called Peace and Kindness. And everything in it, although it's 30 years old, is perfectly valid for today. 
just like the teachings from 2,500 years ago are valid for today. Consider this quietly on your own or get a friend to read it out slowly to you. So I hope I can be that friend. Stop for a few moments. Sit quietly with a straight back and gently close your eyes, feeling the rhythm of the breath as it enters and leaves the body. Allow yourself to let go of past and future and come into the present moment, being with exactly what is now. Bring your attention to the feeling of the body, accepting it just the way it is with kindness. Allow yourself to accept all the sensations and feelings of the body completely. Breathe in deeply with a sense of trust and well-being. Breathe out letting go of tension, allowing any tightness to dissolve. Then focus on the normal breathing, just the feeling of breathing in and breathing out. Imagine yourself surrounded by light, perhaps a golden colored light if you like gold being with the sensation of the body breathing in, breathing out. Draw the light into the body as you breathe. Maybe through the nostrils, the heart, or the head. Imagine light saturating the body through every pore. Think to yourself, May this being be well and turn the calming effect of the meditation towards this being. May this being be calm. Suffuse your whole body with this calm and kindly attention. Then let your awareness explore the body, moving around the head and the face, gradually down the neck, the back and the chest, spreading right down to the fingertips, then down the legs to each foot, to each toe, drawing on the good energy of the, of the breath, expanded and embracing the heart. Focusing more on the out-breath, let go of the memories, the grudges, the grievances, let it all go. Begin again with each breath. Picture yourself in your mind's eye as you are now, 
Make peace with this view of yourself through forgiveness, through compassion, through gentleness. May this being be well. Suffuse this picture with gentle, warm light from the heart. Then let it go. Next, picture your parents. Let them into your mind. Make peace with their image. May you be well, bathing them with soft light, with gratitude. Observe thoughts arising, memories of yourself as a child, perhaps something painful or something you have never made peace with. Let it be in the mind, in the light. Then bring up an image of your daily situation, at home or wherever, with the people it involves. People you like or dislike, feel conflict with, love, fear, or worry for. May these beings be well. Put aside aversion, fear, worry, guilt. At this moment, allow yourself to be kind. Think of someone you know who is having a difficult time. Send these feelings of kindness towards them. Breathe in light. Breathe out wishing them well. Gradually open up more and more from the people you see every day to nobody special and even those for whom you hardly have a memory. Recognize them as human beings with ambitions, hopes, problems, anxieties, joy, just like you. Give them some life in your perceptions. And even more remote, acknowledge all the people you can conceive of in this world. And all of the animals as well. We must remember them with all the fires, with all the bad situations in the world. This may be a faint feeling, but open up the heart to allow them into consciousness to be felt. See what the mind does, how it reacts indignantly about some people, such as our political figures. Let go of that indignation for this moment. Allow a sense of peace to envelop all beings, the liked, the disliked, familiar and unfamiliar. I want to read this again. Think how important this could be if we could all really do this. Allow a sense of peace to envelop all beings, 
the liked, the disliked, familiar and unfamiliar. And then imagine the planet Earth as seen from space. Extend this sense of peace to the planet we live on, embracing it with your heart, surrounding it with light. Turning your attention to that sense of peace and light, allow it to expand outward without limit, without boundaries, letting the sense of me and the world dissolve in the stillness of the present. Then turn your attention back in towards itself upon the feeling of knowing the screen of the mind, the place where images arise. Let it be quite empty or full, choiceless, being illuminated by the soft light from the heart, light from the breath, warm, gentle, beginning, letting go, patient kindness. Gently come back to the rhythm of the breath and when you're ready, slowly open your eyes. It's such a beautiful meditation and it seems like just what we need these days. So thank you all for being with me, for helping me in my practice. And I hope you have a beautiful day. And if you're in, if you're in harm's way and you're dealing with great difficulties, know that we are sending compassion and metta to you, to your loved ones, if they're in harm's way. Our hearts and our thoughts are with you. So be at peace. Find joy. We can find joy in the smallest things. And thank you so much for being being here for me. I'll see you tomorrow is the book group, 5.30 Central Time. You do need to get that number. You can call the office tomorrow at the temple. Uh, we'll tr- I'll try to put more information up and make have it boosted because... One friend was having a hard time getting into Eventbrite. And if you're having a hard time, we can send something to you to get you in. Okay? So hopefully, uh, Welcoming the Unwelcome is on your list of things to read, and you can join us. And don't worry if you can't come every time. Okay? Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.